It's Munich, it's October, and for the real estate industry, that means Expo Real. While less attended than in previous years, conversations were just as intense with questions around the future of the workplace, how the real estate industry tackles the sustainability challenge, and how crucial technology will be for the sector, and how alternative, alternative sectors really are. Russell Handy, your host here at Expo Real in the podcast studio on the JLL stand. I'm joined by Nick Jones, Panamere Logistics and Industrial Investment Director. Hi, Nick. Hi there. How are you? Doing good, Russell. Surviving. Good to hear it. Good to hear it. Let's push on then. So we've seen your sector in particular over the past 18 months go through something pretty relentless, right? I mean, I imagine you've all been very busy. Can it continue? Yeah, I'm, I'm convinced it will. Um, I don't think we're in a typical business cycle where you follow the wave and you have troughs and you have peaks. We've seen pretty much a single directional travel of our market for the past five years. And it's driven not so much by the interest from the investment capital that wants to uh, have some exposure to the sector. It's really being driven by the tenants. And, and for the first half of this year, we saw some numbers come out that really surprised everybody. So record ever take up in terms of tenants. And the, these are the drivers for value. Uh, not the money that's flowing into the sector. The driver comes from the tenant. And so I would also say from, from a structural perspective, we're not going through that typical seven-year trough and wave. We are going through a permanent structural change in the business because people need supply chains. Um, COVID-19 was a real accelerator. It wasn't the cause, but it was a real accelerator of trends that had already started some time ago that are here to stay. So it's how Mrs. Jones shops. She doesn't go to a shopping center so much anymore. It's all coming through the front door and this all needs a supply chain. So all of these behavior patterns that have been picked up over the past two or three years are just the start of the story. So how does that scenario then translate into rental growth and the prospect of rental growth as we go into 2022? Yeah, given the pricing that we are at, close to 3% net initial yield, in all my 30 years of being in logistics, we've never, ever even been close to that. And at that sort of net initial yield, it implies that you've got to have some growth from somewhere. Uh, logistics traditionally used to be your high-yielding Cinderella asset class where you were getting a higher return because your rent was flatlining. And now with much lower yields, you're going to have to have a much bigger component of your total return coming from rent growth. And we're actually seeing that across, uh, not just here in Germany, Munich is perhaps the most expensive uh, market in Germany where we're seeing really strong rental growth. And we're seeing it in all of the other major urban centers, um, Netherlands, France, all of these built up urban populations where there is no space to develop uh, greenfields, where there are very, very few brownfield sites. And with the record tenant take up that I've mentioned, and with the concentration of e-commerce and last mile fulfillment being concentrated around the cities, that's where the growth is happening. So with that tightness of supply, it's obviously a challenge for investors, I'm sure. Does that sort of translate then into people moving towards platforms and how do they access the sector, I guess, is my question. How do they find their way in perhaps for the first time? Is, is platforms really the answer? Yeah, there's certainly more investors who want to have a part of the logistics market than there are deals to go around. And that means that those investors are having to be 
really creative and are having to look under stones that they haven't been forced to before. They are creating partnerships with developers. We've seen core investors partnering with local developers who have good as, uh, access to land banks that's going to allow them to get into the market that otherwise they would not be able to penetrate. And just finally, Nick, if we think about ESG and, and in warehouses specifically right now, the stock out there, I imagine a lot of it will require retrofitting, will require upgrading in the coming years. What does that mean for the sector? Are there enough investors to take that on? Yeah, ESG for sure, uh, and sustainability generally is a uh, is a massive theme, not just for investors, but interestingly, for the tenants as well. It's true to say that most of the stock that exists at the moment is not going to be ESG or fully ESG compliant with the certification that a lot of investors are going to want to see attached to some of the buildings in the future. But I see that as an opportunity for active asset managers really to get on the case and to take their portfolios down a path that will improve ESG ratings and therefore improve value. And related to the earlier point about talking around seeing rental growth for the first time in many years, we're seeing that in particular for ESG buildings. So we're seeing tenants being ready to pay a higher rent to have a premium asset that will be uh, of a high ESG rating, which I think is really positive. And indeed, the investors on the other side of the, equest, uh, of the equation, the investors uh, have expressed an intent to invest in ESG and sustainable logistics, and there is very, very little of it. So I think this is going to be even more of the same. For the coming years. For yep. the coming years. Yeah. Nick, thanks very much for joining us. You're welcome. My pleasure.